Today's program has been brought to you by GreatBrewers.com, a social media marketing platform dedicated to promoting the world's great brewers and the beers they create. For more information, visit GreatBrewers.com. I'm Damon Bolte, host of The Speakeasy. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more. Good evening and welcome to Fun, Fun Men About, about it. it on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. I'm Mary Izette. I'm Chris Kuzmi. And we're your co-hosts through this weekly journey of all things fermented. Available on Stitcher, iTunes, and archived right here on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Uh, we have a couple announcements just before we jump into this show. Among them are... Oh, so... <laughs> <laughs> we are going to GABF for the first time as Femen about it this year. It'll actually be my first time ever. Um, so we're really excited about that. Next week, Monday, 7 p.m., we will have our GABF pre-show. We're going to have an expert on how to na- navigate the floor and surrounding events of GABF. We'll also probably have a, a brewer or two on. Um, and immediately preceding that show and uh, you know, preceding our visit to, out there, here in town is the Brooklyn Poor, uh, put on by Village Voice, a nice, great, big uh, uh, festival put on by the people behind the Village Voice, about 125 different beers. I believe there are still tickets available. If you go to villagevoice.com, you can find out more information about that. And we just had a really great event. So thanks to everybody who came to oh, the New York true. City Brewers Guild fundraiser. Super psyched that it worked out. We actually had a fundraiser that raised funds. And there were a bunch of really great uh, great beers from New York City. Um, it was really neat to have a pop-up bar with, with all these all the brewers of New York City in, in, one, in one roof, except there was only one. Only half people had roof on them. <laughs> it was, part of it was outdoors. It was um, adjacent to Kelso, uh, Greenpoint um, Group Beer. Of Works in Fort Greene, Brooklyn. Um, so half of it was outside, half of it was inside. Luckily, it was an absolutely gorgeous day. And the, the caliber of beers that were pouring there, they were all New York City, members of the New York City Brewers Guild. Uh, I was actually, it was super cool and inspirational, and I was really happy that I got to go. Speaking of fundraising, uh, I would be remiss not to mention this. I know that not, a lot of our listeners are not necessarily in New York City, but on November 2nd, uh, we are going to have uh, a celebration of uh, celebration of the homebrewing community in new york city with all the clubs kind of under one roof um that will benefit a a charity of uh yet to be decided actually we're all voting together uh throughout all the clubs and the the homebrew stores to figure out what that's going to be but that's going to be at the bell house you can find out more about that at brunity.com um well not just yet but stay tuned to it (laughs) and we need to update that but you'll find out more about that but what's today about mary all right so today we have our friends benjamin and danielle from brooklyn homebrew proprietors of Brooklyn Homebrew, um, and we're going to start, we're, let's start by talking about the wart, the Brooklyn wart that's coming Hi. up. The Brooklyn uh, yes. wart, Hi, guys. welcome. Hi. How you doing? <laughs> Good. We haven't um, had you on since last year, I think. So. Yeah, I think it's been about a year. Um, but you're a repeat offenders, I hear. We are repeat about. Offender, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think we were sixth. one of your first shows, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is going to be the sixth time we're doing the competition, um, so I feel like we're seasoned. We kind of got it down. We know what we're doing. The competition being Brooklyn Wort. The competition being Brooklyn Wort. Um, so we'll have 30 home brewers that have already been through a preliminary round of judging. 
Uh, we pick the top 30 from that preliminary round, um, and then the 30 compete against each other on October 12th. Um, it's going to be held at the New Threes Brewery in Gowanus. Um, tickets right now are $45. They're halfway sold out, so probably not going to be around much longer. Uh, but the event runs from 1 to 5 p.m. or 6 p.m. We'll see. We'll see how the crowd is, but... Uh, yeah, it should be a really good time. So it'll be our first time ever at a brewery. That's so. very yeah, exciting. that's very cool. What? So how many um, entrants did you guys have? So talk a little bit about how many entrants you had and how you guys chose pre-selected. So this time around, we had about fifty-five, I believe. Um, and then the way we boiled it down is we just got, I think, about ten people judging in pairs. Um, and they're just friends from the brewing industry, essentially. Some of them are Cicerone, some of them are BJCP judges. Um, it was kind of who was available to help us that day. So, And what are you looking for in a beer for uh, for exhibiting at Brooklyn Wart or for competing in anything, Brooklyn Wart? Anything that stands out. Um, nothing is... There's no style guidelines. Um, it doesn't have to be a super crazy beer. I mean, the beers that have won in the past have been like as simple as uh, just a brown ale because it was a perfect mm-hmm. brown ale. Like it was unbelievable. Yeah, just um, really good execution. Just really yeah. good executed mm-hmm. beers. Yeah, things that will impress you. And so you've you've vetted these beers, but the but those entry beers are the beers that you vetted or the, the preliminary round. Yep. Are those the same beers that are going to end up on the floor? Nope. So brewers okay. can brew whatever they want for the actual day of the competition. Some people will stick to what they brewed, but most people will change it up and brew something so else. So what they're proving is that they are good brewers. Exactly, yeah. Day. yeah. So these are people that are usually, they're brewing a lot. A lot of them are repeat competitors. Um, a few people that are in the competition have won before um, and have gotten in again. That being said, though, the judging is blind. It's all, it's all anonymous blind. Yep. and um, it's just, you know, it's, it's always nice to see new faces, new people competing. But then there's also there's a few people who, no matter what, they they always they manage get in. to get in there. <laughs> they're just consistently brewing awesome beer. Yeah, so. I can imagine. We've yeah. had some of them on our show. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely recently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jason Saylor. Jason yeah. Saylor. Yeah. 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 Now the cool thing about Brooklyn Ward is that. It's not a BJCP, nope. AHA, you know, competition. It's a competition that the public get to come. Exactly. So the beer are judge, the beers are judged by professional and press, like I'll yep. be one of the judges, as well as there's a public's cho- public yep. choice. And there's you guys have a decent amount of prize money and other yeah. prizes involved, yeah, so which I think is great. So it's $1,000 total that we give away to the first place people's choice and first place judge's choice. Um, and then besides that, there's other prizes. Like the first place judge's choice is going to get to brew a beer at Three's Brewery and have an event with that beer that they're going to brew. And then the first place People's Choice is going to get to sort of stage and hang out for a day at Three's Brewing and help brew with Greg, Greg Dorowski, the the brewer at Three's Brewing. Um, It's worth noting that Greg... I think won the first. Greg ever won the very Brooklyn first Brooklyn Wort. Oh, really? <laughs> then yeah. he went on That's to brew awesome. uh, assistant brewing at Greenport. At Greenport, Greenport Harbor, yeah. Started making the beer commercially that he won the first Brooklyn Wort with. Yep. And now he's wow. It's all what, come full circle. What beer was that? Uh, it's the, the Spring Turning Rye. The Spring season. Turning Rye. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That's what he won the very first competition with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that I mean I I think that the AHAB JCP homebrew competitions obviously serve a purpose but Definitely. i think the kind of c- competition that brooklyn wart is also you know serves a, just as important of a purpose yeah. for both homebrewers and the community because it just lets people have fun yeah. like it's just 
what like brew whatever you want brew something that you dreamt about last night i don't know just brew whatever you want maybe it's (laughs) awesome maybe it's not you know it's a cage match it's kind of a cage (laughs) match you know a lot of the guys are pretty competitive with each other Mm -hmm. um but yeah it's fun and i think the people that are there have fun and the brewers also have a lot of fun so yeah yeah. and if you are in the new york city area and you want to go to this get your tickets now because like danielle said half are sold out i'm sure you can go to brooklynwork.com uh, you can buy tickets on there. Um, with your ticket, you also get a tasting glass that you get to take home. Um, you'll get lunch, Solbert pupusas. They're going to be our food for the event. Um, you'll get so you taste. get a food ticket, you just turn that you in, You get a right? food ticket, you just turn it in. Um, and, yeah, you'll get to taste all 30 beers and place your vote. And it's a good time. It's a very good time. Awesome. And you'll get to see a brewery before it's actually yes. open. Yeah. Because they are not going to be open yet. <laughs> yeah. Which is not pretty pouring. cool. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right, so let's talk about what we're drinking. Sure. Lots of stuff. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Always. <laughs> so we have these special little glasses, which remind me more of like, I feel like I would be Shot drinking, glasses? Yeah, from oh. Turkey. Turkey. Yeah, actually. I think that's what they are. They're, that are. What is that drink we drank in Turkey that's licorice fl- anise flavored, fennel licorice anise flavored? Not ouzo. It's a... Uh, uh, Raka. 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 Oh, yes. Yeah. That somehow makes I, me... I think we're, they're more closely related to yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. But we're actually drinking... Uh, homebrewed sake. Uh, only the second time I've ever attempted it, but uh, if you're thinking about brewing your own sake at home, it's much easier to make a gallon than it is to make uh, five gallons. Why? <laughs> Just the sheer amount of rice you need to be able to steam cook and cool. Um, and I thought it would be a piece of cake. You know, I I love beer. I brew beer more than anything else. But I I like trying new things and branching out. And the amount of rice solids that are involved um i basically had to use two 10 gallon fermenters to make like six gallons or so of sake in the end um wow and what kind of i I realized in retrospect there were a couple things i could have tweaked and done better but um just a lot of rice solids that end up getting sort of strained out through 25 pounds to be exact (laughs) first that was a six gallon batch yep so what what kind of equipment did you use for your one gallon batch, or have did you make essentially the same? I just had a lot more extra space, you okay. know. So I just had to double everything, you know. Um, so let's go back to the process the very, of making sake real quick. Basic yeah. Well, I was not able to acquire the nice, high quality polished rice, but as you can see, you can still make an okay sake yeah, without it. Absolutely. Um, but next time, I want to go the extra mile and get the good rice but you you need it a good quality rice that you can you need to wash it soak it steam cook it so that it's very al dente you don't really want it cooked necessarily as tender as you would if you were going to just eat a bowl of rice um you cool it inoculate it with the kojikin mold essentially mold spore um keep it warm and moist for a day or two which lets the the mold take over and that's essentially your starter rice it's uh that that mold it acts as the the enzyme provides the enzymes to malt the rest of the rice. So you, after you've created that starter rice, then you steam cook more rice, cool it, combine it with the uh, moldy koji starter rice, uh, um, add water, uh, yeast, and you can use hops. You can use lactic acid, or you can actually do a lactic acid fermentation um, just to lower the ph and uh pre- or you know discourage other bacteria growing in there mm-hmm. and um 
the the enzyme in that mold spore is i believe it's a gamma amylase which actually likes a really low ph and a lower temperature and that's sort of the key because it only creates a little bit of glucose sugar slowly so that the yeast isn't overwhelmed right off the bat it just gives a little bit of sugar every day to the yeast so that's why you can even take uh, a low alcohol tolerance lager yeast and still get up to like 20 percent alcohol because it's just feeding it very slowly very slowly yeah in this one you use tops yep i use citra hops and you know you're not really supposed to taste them or smell them it can contribute a little bit of color to the finished product but being <coughs> a beer maker i i couldn't help but just throw a little more in there than i probably should have but <laughs> i'm still happy with it yeah i think it's delicious because as we we're coming we we're like this is really good although i wouldn't I don't know yeah. that I would pet like if somebody gave this to me in an absolute blind tasting. I don't know that I would peg it as sake because right. it has like this very grape, mm-hmm. juicy fruit kind mm-hmm. of aroma, and that's definitely from the yeah. citrus. But I love it. I think it's fantastic. Thank I you. think that there's the only reason hops haven't been used in sake is because they didn't know about them. Yeah, it's true. Well, I could be wrong, but I've read that it's not. I didn't. I didn't make this up. There are other examples of it. I don't know if it's used on a large scale in production, but. It, it's there's some historical uh, relevance there. Or, I'm not the first. I right, know right. Yeah. <laughs> I just came from a room of Citra hops uh, in Yakima, Washington. Oh yeah, I saw those pictures. <clears throat> that was, video. It was pretty incredible to be out there on the hop farms and and uh, experiencing it, you know, firsthand. And yeah, I have lots to to, to, to think about <laughs> all that stuff. I'm, I'm in a big hop appreciation mode and, and totally inspired. Do tell. <clears throat> It was a very large room. Ah, yes, it was a very large room. <laughs> like hundreds of thousand dollars worth of hops behind me. Just like wanted to be Scrooge McDuck and swim through them all. Um, but it was amazing to be around. The, they were harvesting Simcoe and and, uh, and uh, Citra while I was there. It was awesome to find out, you know, how they choose to plant hops. I mean, everything has to be contracted. So, mm-hmm. do you guys contract as a as no, a homebrew store? No, we're not allowed to contract. Right. Yeah. I mean, we. But the people you buy from. There's do. one company that's contacted us about contracting, but you have to contract three years out, and you have to put down a pretty big piece of money for just one hop to contract, right. and it's just kind of not really something we could afford as like a small just Mom retail business. Shop. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, we do buy in bulk, but we can't contract. Yeah. Do you find that you are ever short? Of, of particular varieties, yeah. or is it never ever unavailable to you yeah, guys as homebrewers? Sometimes I would say I don't know. I feel like the last like maybe two years it hasn't been quite as bad as it has in the past. I think the only things that have like really run out are Centennial has been a popular one that runs out lately, and, and that was a bad Citra. year for Centennial too. Well, so we'll apparently, so. run out again. Yeah. Uh, Citra and maybe Amarillo is probably the other one, but yeah. you know, for the most part, like Cascade is always super plentiful. Like there's always plenty of that. Mm-hmm. You know, who cares? Just use Cascade for everything. I <laughs> See, it's, it's different for me. I can't actually get, get Cascade you on can't spot get right Cascade. now. Not currently. I mean, thankfully, I'm a small tuberous yeah. system, so I can go to you guys and yeah. be like, hey, can you help me up? Happy to be your dealer. Thank you. <laughs> so I want to ask, before we go to break, you guys have some new fall kits out at your store. We do, yeah. yeah. So every time this year, we always get bombarded with pumpkin ale kits. It kills us. And we... Yeah, so we wanted to switch it up this year a little bit. Um, so we're selling a uh, a tart cherry porter kit this year, which we're actually... We started selling these uh, little tiny jars of uh, King Orchard tart cherry. 
Um, Mont- concentrate. It's from yeah. yeah it's Montmorency oh, nice. cherries yeah. from Michigan. It's the same stuff that Bell's uses and Founders uses at their brewery. Um, we're just getting them in little tiny sixteen ounce jars and one bottle and a beer and it's delicious. It's freaking delicious. <laughs> uh, so we're selling a tart cherry porter right now. Uh, the pumpkin ale kit, of course. Um, and I don't know what else are we. Imperial we, maple. We have an imperial ale. maple ale that we sell right now, but it's almost always pumpkin ale. Yeah. <laughs> when That's do what everybody wants? Going back to the cherry, I just used cherries for the first time. I yep. got some cherries. Where, when do you guys in that kit? What do you instruct to put that cherry juice in? We in add the five them. Um, I think seven days into fermentation. Mm-hmm. Just so dump when the crowsin's falling a yeah. little bit. And yeah. Yeah. So you retain more aroma that way. Too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and yeah, I think that's and it's it kind of flavor. kind of you know rouses it again, helps yeah. dry it out, finish it a little bit. No. It's kind of always a trade-off homebrewing to choose between the best method and what you're capable of doing. Yeah. If you have a secondary fermenter, um, I would try adding it then too. But a lot of people don't when they're first starting out, so there's nothing wrong with adding it nice and late in the primary. Yeah, right. Yeah. Cool. And on that note, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back with more from Ben and Danielle from Brooklyn Homebrew. Ferment about it. like good beer. Whether you're a craft beer pro or just had your first sip of an IPA, GreatBrewers.com is your number one beer resource on the internet. GreatBrewers.com bridges the gap between the world's great brewers and the consumers who enjoy their products. With so much information and misinformation out there, GreatBrewers.com focuses on education and leaves no stone unturned. Take the Great Beer Test on their website and browse through an extensive product catalog. Download their mobile beer cloud app, which includes a GPS beer finder, a beer sommelier, and descriptions for over 5,000 different brews. What are you waiting for? Back up that passion for craft beer with some solid information and education. Visit GreatBrewers.com today. We're thrilled to announce a special event, the Silver Snail, 25 Years of Slow Food. This event is hosted by Slow Food USA, Heritage Radio Network, and Roberta's Pizza. It's been 25 years since Carlo Petrini and a group of activists launched a peaceful revolution to defend regional traditions, good food, gastronomic pleasure, and the slow pace of life. The slow food movement has since evolved into a comprehensive approach to food that recognizes strong connections between plate, planet, people, politics, and culture. Today, this movement involves thousands of projects and millions of people in more than 160 countries worldwide. Join us for a dialogue between Slow Foods founder Carlo Petrini and locavore activist Alice Waters as they reflect on the evolution of the food movement and all things slow. Friday, October 3rd from 1130 to 230. You can go to our website and click on the link on the right-hand side of the page to RSVP. We can't wait to see you there. This is Brandon Hoy, co-owner of Roberta's, and you're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Welcome back to From Men About It on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. We're here in the studio with Benjamin and Danielle Hello. of Brooklyn Homebrew, uh, one of the first homebrew stores to show up in New York City uh, since, what, 2000. 
2009? Nine? Since the Dark Ages. Since the Dark Ages, <laughs> when uh, we used to, have to travel far and order only online. So you guys just poured us a peanut butter and jelly shortmead. Peanut butter and jelly shortmead, um, inspired by Mary Isette, because she is the fabulous <laughs> alternative fermenter. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, after master. hanging out at your house and tasting some of your uh, treats, I was inspired to just try to do something crazy and <laughs> peanut butter and jelly mead just it's sounded crazy enough <laughs> and it worked perfectly i mean this is like drinking a peanut like a really good quality peanut butter and jelly sandwich. it's really not bad yeah it's super no, easy to make i think it took like four or five days i threw it into bottles but it's got i think it's a core it's one gallon i just did one gallon of it it's just um wildflower honey um a quarter cup of peanut butter a quarter cup of whatever jam or jelly i used homemade blueberry jelly um, and that's it, and let it ferment for a it's few awesome. days. The nose on it is awesome. It's yeah. pretty crazy. It's, very, it's, a, it's, a, it's, peanut butter. it's aptly named. You know, this is this is an amazing beverage. And so, how much honey per per gallon? Um, I did think I, I just did one pound. One pound. One pound yeah. of one honey. Pound. <clears throat> quarter cup of jelly. Quarter cup of peanut butter. Damn, so good. There's even also, a little bit of like breadiness. Yeah, yeah that's what I was going to say. Crust, yeah, it's almost like a whole wheat peanut butter jelly yep. sandwich. <laughs> um, and it has head. I mean, the head disappears when you pour it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's actually head in the bottle, so yeah. which I'm surprised. Cause I, I was too, yeah. Because yeah. I like was worried about the fat in the peanut butter. I tried to attempt a few different ways to remove the fat as much as I could. Uh, a few ways were just... I tried putting it into ice-cold water and um, freezing it just slightly just to see if the fat would rise out. Yeah. You know, I got a little bit of the fat out, but there was still a lot of it left. It's just so emulsified into it. And I was just like, whatever. We're just going to get... This is going to be a full-on experiment. Maybe, and maybe warm water. Like, puree it with that and then... Maybe, yeah. Put it in the freezer. Hard to know. say. Because I've... Because, I mean, PB2 you can use, but it's yeah. way more expensive it's a, than it's regular really peanut expensive. butter. Yeah. And then I've used peanut shells. Mm-hmm. And I think peanut mm-hmm. shells give you a really nice aroma. Nice. Yeah. But... They need time. Yeah, they need a little more time because they taste weird at first. I don't know how to describe it. I didn't write I, down, see, but to me, he liked it. I loved it, yeah. But I yeah. thought it was really weird. And but then a couple days later... I'm the guy that eats his peanuts without yeah. without shelling them, though. Like uh, I, I eat the peanut You shells. eat the actual yeah, peanut yeah, shells? Yeah, I go in. I go Holy in. crap. That's impressive. That's, That's pretty impressive. Stuff. You're like, I like people that eat dirt, sunflower like, seeds you know. and I eat the, the outsides. I never got that. I never got I like that. that. I don't do it you all like the time. I mean, like, I well, okay, so if I have one bag of peanuts, I'd probably eat half of them with the shell on and half with the I'm just Good it's a lot of fiber. I always imagine the outside just tastes like. So if you ever straw. served me peanuts, that's how to do it. <laughs> but have you have you guys used that P two PB two? I have not personally. No, I've tasted beers with it in it, and yeah, it makes beers awesome. taste like peanut butter. It works. But you know, it's really expensive, so it's like, yeah, you know, that's for sure. But this was proof that like, oh yeah, I can pour peanut butter into my fermenter, and it's totally fine. I don't know about beer; that's a totally different world. But yeah. I'd I'd be tempted to try it sometime just to see. It dances to see what it with would this do. honey in an amazing way. Yeah. And, and <laughs> homemade blueberry jam. So have you been making homemade made blueberry? I've been making jam since I was probably like a little kid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah. I I whenever I have fruit, that's either just not going bad or or going bad or, or you have too much or too much. I almost always just turn it into jam, even if I'm just like gifting it to somebody or mm-hmm. you know or it just preserves it longer. You know. All right, so you brought something else, I which did. I just poured for myself. I did. Also, sweet potato fly. <laughs> I brought some sweet potato fly, also inspired by you. Uh, this is also what delicious. Is sweet potato fly. Um, so sweet potato fly. This is the first time I've ever made it. Um, so it's just shredded sweet potato, um, eggshells. Cooked or that part's egg not? Not, not cooked. Okay. Not cooked sweet potato. Shredded. So why the eggshells? Uh, they put the eggshells in, I guess, to help keep acidity low. Um, so so the acid doesn't go like gotcha. wild. 
So um, pH. It, it helps high? with the pH, yeah. Mm-hmm. Keep it Keeps high. pH high. Yeah. It also uh-huh. adds some nutrients, I think. I think too. it probably adds a little bit of nutrients. Um, so it's got sugar, it's got the shredded sweet potato, water, uh, spices, and the eggshell. And that's pretty much it. And let it go for spices, three days on the dot. Well, the spices were just, it's clove, cinnamon, What kind of, what did, did you add a commercial yeast or? Um, nope, natural. Uh-huh. Totally natural. Let it go for three days. It was done, bottled it. That's it. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. Not in a bad way either. It's no, kind I think of it's delicious. really good. Yeah. yeah. So this is, uh, so I actually haven't made sweet potato fly. It's been on my list to make. I've had it at some other fermentation mm-hmm. gatherings. This is way better than anything oh, I've ever good. had. Oh, yeah. that's must be my clean sanitation practices mm-hmm. or something. <laughs> well, also, I've had one before that was like kind of a little thick. Oh, yeah. Like mm-hmm. How did you sanitize your eggshells? <laughs> <laughs> Underwater. <laughs> no, but I, I, you know, I used star sand to clean all my equipment and all that. So, you yeah. Know. I think, I mean, this is definitely, tar- it's like, it's it has a, a lactic tar- quality, yeah. but it's, like, a very clean, mm-hmm. like, there's no, fo- you know, stinky nope. feet or other unpleasant. Yeah, so I only let it go for three days and then bottled it. I like it. the spices, too. Yeah, it's a good, it's really, it's kind of clovey. Yeah. Yeah. And definitely cinnamon, right? Cinnamon, yeah. It's got a lot of body to it. Mm-hmm. But it, but it finishes but not too much. Yeah, it's yeah. not like it's not cloyingly sweet. Like, it, and that, it's like, like carbonated it. I'm not sure if you're actually supposed to carbonate it, but I, I thought it might be like better that. carbonated, yeah. so... Did you carbonate it in a keg, or did no, you just in those with bottles with yeah. the drops, or no, just in those bottles? And I sprinkled, oh, you just sprinkled a little bit of sugar in, and that's okay, it. Yeah. okay. Yeah. Do you know the history on sweet potato fly, or how? I have get the no name idea. I'm hoping Mary anybody? would. Yeah, no. I don't. I well, was just, at you, Mary. Come I was on, just reading teacher. about it, but I don't know the history. I was arguing that it, it needs a new name because it sounds like an invasive species that <laughs> lays eggs in sweet potatoes and destroys crops or something. Sweet potato fly. That's true. Like. Sweet potato wine. It sounds more delicious. <laughs> yeah. Have you done any other fermentations where you've you've gotten uh, where you use you use, use potato? Have you made a potato um, bourbon or vice? Or never. You know, no, 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 that's my first time. Um, well, I mean, other than like, I brought some lacto fermented carrots too, like carrot, but that's the only other. That's sort of a root vegetable, right? You know? yeah. Stephen Durley and uh, Haley. Oh, they did the yes, potato bourbon vice. Right? Oh, yeah. The one they made, and that was really good. That's my only Silent experience today. With we might see them soon. <laughs> I mean, I think you can... That's a whole thing. You can ferment anything that yeah. has sugar. And if it doesn't have that much sugar, you can just add sugar. What yeah. kind of sugar did you use in this? Just regular just organic regular, sugar. Like yeah. organic white sugar? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, pretty simple. So what else are you guys brewing for fall? What are we doing? Early oh, I'm going to try to do a graph on Wednesday, which is the first time I've ever attempted anything in that. So it's just... I'm going to do it a little bit differently. So graphs are... Graph a graph, G R A F, I believe. Sometimes um, with two. Sometimes, sometimes with, with two is <laughs> a, a fictional beverage uh, created by Stephen King. For anyone who doesn't know that, was it Stephen King? Really? Or, or I heard it was Stephen King. Uh, I heard it was um, old school. I heard it was like Tolkienish kind of. Um, you're going to start an argument <laughs> so, online about this. Um, but it's essentially a cider that is. Um, you add malt to the cider to just add body and a little bit of residual sweetness. Um, I'm kind of going to switch it up a little bit and make it more like a beer that has cider. Um, so I'm going to try to do just like a nice wheat beer base with some English crystal malt so you kind of get that biscuit cinnamon thing going on. And then um, it's probably going to be a three-gallon batch, and then I'm going to top it off with two gallons of cider and just okay. ferment it with a wheat beer yeast and So you're going to add, add the apple juice at the end? Yep. At the end of what? Well, at the be- like once you be- transfer? Before fermentation. Before fermentation, yeah. 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 
Yeah, we'll see. It's kind of a big experiment. I have no idea what it's going to taste like. I did something similar to that. Like one third of it was was from cider, uh, or sorry, apple juice. Um, but I added that just like you guys talked about doing uh, the the cherry juice. Mm-hmm. You know, I added the the apple juice uh, seven days into fermentation of a regular American ale. I thought it was very nice. Was it? Yeah. See, I always like. I'm a little like worried. I'm like apple and beer. I don't know. Like, are people gonna? despise that or just is it tell like, them it's graph yeah it's not <laughs> just beer, don't it's say graph. beer at all i mean it seems like it'd be delicious well i mean it, i mean it makes sense because people put honey in their yeah. beer or lots of other stuff like why not sugar do grapes grapes you know grapes yeah. Rocky kind of Mountain grape oysters yeah yes they do that <laughs> yes that beer is delicious too by the way well <laughs> <laughs> uh, i've, I've Radio. I'm gonna keep this PC. <laughs> There's so much I want to say right now. What else? What else, you guys? What else are you brewing for fall? Um, what else do, are people who people who come in the store? Oh, yeah. Going to be ready probably mid October, which is a little too late, but better late than never. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's okay to drink October. I mean, I know. Yeah. I guess Oktoberfest actually start in September. Mm-hmm. Or take, but triple no decoction. Reason. Did it the hard way. Should be good. We'll what see. is your homebrew setup like? Are you guys doing it on the stove, on a gas stove? Or are you guys doing? Do you guys have? Do you we have a brew? We, do both, we have I a backyard. Like. Luckily, oh, now. we kind of mix um, it up though. I and then you like have induction. The induction so. burners. We have in induction your store. at the store, um, but we have a pretty big brew stand I in built our backyard. A big steel contraption on wheels last summer. Um, so it's got two propane burners. So there's one for the hot liquor tank and one for the boil, and sort of a two-level deal and. Nice. I love it. It was a labor of love, but <laughs> I think I'm I'm all set for a while now. For that. <laughs> Do you think that any of those uh, yield better beers than the others, or is it just knowing your system? No, nope. it's just knowing it's, your yeah, system. Yeah, I mean, I kind of had to learn all over again yeah. with it, but um, the cleanup is easier. You know, I can store everything in place instead of hauling things in and out of the apartment, you know, indoors, outdoors. I can just store it outside under a tarp, and um, I can I can do two beers in like seven hours whereas before it'd be one batch in six hours or something you know so you can do two back to back and be set for half you know two weeks or a month and be satisfied cool that's without sharing beer right (laughs) right that's if it's just (laughs) um i should also mention you guys have a bunch of classes coming up we do we have so many classes we just announced all of our fall classes um mary's teaching one of them actually a mead and cider class um saturday october 11th saturday october 11th tickets are only 35 dollars people 35 dollars that is a bargain for <laughs> that me. is a bargain for a class i would um, pay 35 dollars to hang out with mary <laughs> we're gonna talk about my favorite hop ciders yeah that's like one of my wow. favorite recent beverages that i have a hop cider at home i should have brought it with me oh, they're so good uh, portland <laughs> But we have um, we have an advanced mashing class coming up, which is going to be partigile. It's going to be sour mashing. That's it's going to be decoction. The, the triple decoction. Um, so that's kind of going to be like an all-in-one mashing class, just a, a Berliner Weiss next mashing. level yeah. mashing, essentially. Um, we have a sour beer class. Jeff's very excited about that. that Jeff, Jeff, Lyons, yeah. um, Jeff Lyons, who works at uh, Dirk the Norseman now. We had him. We actually interviewed him for the sour beer mm-hmm. meeting at the sour beer. Con- club competition at bruisers and he's been working on the class for a good six months now the sour beers are ready we're gonna taste at least 16 sour beers if not more including i'm gonna have to sign up for that just to come giant oh and including our very exclusive wine barrel that nobody else is gonna get to taste that works outside (laughs) of the store (laughs) precious (laughs) um um, what are the other classes i'm looking at them you've got 
cheese and beer pairing. We have a cheese and beer pairing class in December. Um, Intro to all grain. Brewing with spices. We've got a spice class with Vlad um, from the New York City Homebrewers Guild. That was a really fun class last year, and we wanted to repeat it. Um, it's kind of a really hands-on class. It's all experiments. We just create, like, eight to ten tinctures of different spices, and... We have a few base beers, and we just play with it, adding spices awesome. to each beer. Everybody gets to kind of create their own level of spice additions and, you know, just to see what spices do to beer, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really fun class, actually. And then recipe design, besides your beginner's class. And then just, yeah, the normal beginner's classes. Recipe design was just this past weekend. Oh, yeah, that's right. Now that I'm looking. Missed that one. <laughs> I, think you're, I think you're good. <laughs> missed, it. missed it. I think you know what you're doing. The sour class, Working though. I'm like, even though I used to brew a lot of sour, that sounds fun. Yeah, the sour class is it's on, it's halfway sold out right now. So, but we're gonna if that one sells out, we have a second one planned a few months later. So awesome. we we we're gonna ration all the uh, yeah yeah we have enough for two classes, so we can so. do two back to back. So yeah, but it's gonna be it's gonna be kind of an intense class. So I highly recommend it to anybody <laughs> really interested in sour beers. Yeah. It's like the fire at the circus. Yeah, yeah. Intense. intense. Jumping right into Boy the Scouts. <laughs> yep. Also intense. <laughs> yes, yes. And on that note, we're going to wrap it up. Benjamin and Daniel, wow. thank you for enjoying my jokes and joining us here. That was really fast, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks for all your delicious beverages. So hopefully you guys thanks out there yeah, are inspired to do some, not only some quick fermentations, but maybe delve into sake. We had another sake class with Eddie Hoskins, I don't know, a couple months ago, I yep, guess. Yeah, In July, yeah. I think. Um, that was great. So I think I'm ready to jump into sake. If yeah. you have heard that podcast, my little check, current check project's done. I will be jumping into sake sometime nice. late fall. Do it. We got. We better make a lot of sake before then jump into it. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be like Kobe a- beef. I'm gonna be bathing you in sake and singing you melodies. Get a swimming pool full of. <laughs> so next week <laughs> we will be back at 7 p.m. I did Eastern not just call Standard you a cow, Time. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> We're going to be back. Chris O'Leary is going to be our in-studio guest. He has an expert at navigating GABF and all the surrounding events. He's also been doing a lot of fun uh, brewery tours all over the country. So we will have him in the studio as well as hopefully a call-in brewer. And we're going to talk about all about GABF and other good stuff. And right after that on the 6th, uh, our John friend John LaPala is going to have Sean Torres, Hollis Smith, and Robbie Crafton here in the studio yep. talking about spices. In two weeks. So, good night and Thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archive programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.